Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. That's the noise Jeremy makes when he has a nerdgasm. Yeah, that's true. Oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that should be the new sound like, for our podcast. That's what we should show. Hello, and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight for minor pop culture minutia. I'm Jeremy, here with, as per usual, Sam and Benji. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Now, before we begin and get to today's topic, we're going to have a, a little roundtable discussion where we each answer a very simple, what I would call deceptively simple question. <laughs> And apropos what our topic is, if you could take any fictional male character or female character and gender swap them, which do you think would be the most interesting choice? So, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of different choices we can make. And I think that our best option here is to say, who has the least facial hair? Who has the most facial hair? I guess that's me with the least. Right. And Sam, how much do you have? Right. I have the most, I think. Mm. So you'll go last. Okay. The, some old pictures of Jeremy. Uh, I, I've looked at some. He's got some of that creeper stash going back in the day. I saw some old pictures recently. You can't have kinda... a creeper stash when you're in high school. It doesn't count. Oh, a puberty stash, whatever. Anyway. That's fair. (laughs) It was pretty funny. I had a bit of a chuckle. Anyway, um, so the one I chose that I think would be a gender swath, um, um, and it may not be so crazy, but I think, um, and we talked about this villain last uh, podcast, but I think Agent Smith as a female would be pretty interesting. Um, I think it would be interesting seeing how uh, Agent Smith from The Matrix, of course, would uh, would be you know how especially that interrogation scene with Morpheus, um, how she do it. I mean, you don't see any female agents if you notice throughout the Yeah, I guess the Monica Bellucci thing, but still, I mean, and the Oracle, also, but yes, it, but the the Oracle was the Oracle program. Of course, but yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. okay, okay. The, you're right. There were no female agents. But the, the same thing. I mean, you don't have them. It, you know, it's not like the Wachowski brothers made it so that all all females in there were helpless. Like it wasn't at all like that. Um, it's just that you didn't have any um, you didn't have any female agents. And perhaps it was uh, you know budget. Perhaps they didn't think about it. Perhaps they just wanted the unity of what they looked like. You know, people typically see men with, in suits with with um, the earpieces. So I think it'd be interesting. I, I think you know you could you could have you'd have to have an actress obviously who was really really good. And one of the reasons is. Obviously, you could say any any actor should be good, but I think a female actor um, would would it would be an especially challenging uh, role, perhaps because it's it's not a very feminine thing. But but I I I, I think that the, that she would have to avoid doing any of any like sexual uh, stuff, which kind of we're going to talk about this maybe. But you know, it's kind of the gender stereotype in a lot of in a lot of movies where you have the woman as the seductress when she's like a, an agent. <clears throat> And um, you know you don't have that for men nearly as often. So I think the the woman would have to avoid that. And I think it would be very interesting to see what what direction um, a female act uh, actress would take. Um, 
And uh, and also just pictures of women, you know, saying that Agent Smith stuff like, I hate the smell, you know, that whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> well, so. Right. That's interesting. I think, obviously, we should save the full analysis for our All Matrix All the Time podcast, which is, you know, date to be determined. But I think, of course, obviously, there's a lot of aspects of the agents that were drawn in. And part of it is this sort of the men in black idea, this sort of the nondescript, vaguely government agent that are always white guys and sunglasses and impeccable suits right. that have some kind of aura of menace, despite not necessarily seeming to be that dangerous. And, yeah. and sort of representing uh, a higher power, a greater power yeah. that is impossible, implacable. Right. It's also the whole, part of the whole thing... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, part of the issue with making one of them female, and this would be a real challenge for the for the actress, is that the whole point of those kind of characters is that they're supposed to be very gray. You know, there's nothing really remarkable about them. They just, like, fade into the background. They all kind of look the same. They're all sort uh, of interchangeable, but right? But if you have a female in there, like, that automatically makes her different. It She, she would sort of stand out among yeah, the, the male agents. Let's be and, honest here. Yeah? Smith was already different. Right. That's why I was saying, like, Smith, not just an agent to, to swap, Smith being an agent, and that, that, would be, that would be an interesting thing. Of course, it would change the whole structure of the movie, in, in at least a, a lot of ways, but, you know, having, having the, you know, there, there, there are ways to do it. Right. Um, like, if it, if it wasn't Lawrence Fishburne, but his wife, Gina Torres, of a Firefly thing. Wait, wait, was, did Gina Torres play his wife in, in that? Well, she has, but which is kind of funny. But they're actually, they're married. Oh, 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 his real wife. Yeah. For okay. example, in the recent show Hannibal, she played Lawrence Fishburne's character's wife. Ah. I guess, you <laughs> know, they just felt like working together. Yeah. They're both awesome. But um, I, I should say my, 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 other, my other one, which I thought would be an interesting thing. Um, uh, so, Joan from Mad Men, I know you haven't really seen Mad Men, uh, uh, Sam, but what if Joan from Mad Men swapped with William Wallace and just seeing how that whole thing would pan out? What? So <laughs> that, it's not now. It wouldn't be so crazy. Like that would be maybe just kind of just just stupid. Who knows what would happen if if Joan was just in William Wallace's you know position? But, is, but Joan but Joan is the one who's who's married to. Oh no, she's the she's the secretary, right? She's the one who's in who was in the uh, you know our our Mrs. Reynolds uh, Firefly. Right, right, right. right. Cena Hendricks is the actress, but. The- like, but, but, I'm just, saying, but course, basically having a guy who looks like Mel Gibson's William Wallace playing oh a secretary. I, I, if he bent over a table, it would have very different reactions. <laughs> from the guys. Of course, I'm picturing him just yelling in the boardroom, just like outside a tree beard in the small council. The same thing with him just taking a sword out and being like, "Enough!" Yeah, but I don't think. think but the other thing is, what if really I didn't even think about this? What if they? What if they? Like, sorry, I don't what? think that she would do so well. She, I don't, I don't, I don't think she, I don't think she would. But she couldn't take his place. Right, right. But, but, but but the point point is William Wallace. But it's really funny because what if William Wallace also dressed like Joan, you know, and was a secretary? (laughs) Okay. All right, right, Benj. That was pretty good. All right. (laughs) So next up to me, Jeremy, and I had a couple options here, but I decided to go with one of my old favorites. Queen Kong. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And 
Because one of the interesting things about the whole story is the, uh, well, there's a couple things, but one of them is the race fear. This idea of a giant foreign male stealing the white women, which, uh, you know, was a subconscious thing at the time, but has been certainly shown in, in other times since then. And obviously even in, we see it more overtly, like in the Peter Jackson 14-hour version that came out a few years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wait, I'm sorry. 17 hours. Uncut. I always make that mistake. There was a three-hour segment where they uh, are uh, eating bugs. Now, what I liked about that movie was interesting is that they had this kind of weirdly romantic relationship between King Kong and the tiny white lady that if you actually started to think about it for a second, you realize is kind of horrific. But that being said, I feel like it would be a very different thing to have a female giant gorilla having a romantic thing with a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. It's yeah, interesting how it that would. would it would be interesting. I think it would be. But, you know, you could see someone being, you know, a female gorilla being protective in the same way. It's just, obviously, there's the romantic aspect of it would be very different. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, I also thought about the other column, Donkey, and how, what if it was a female Donkey Kong that stole Mario and the princess had to save him? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I heard some interesting ideas about how you could do Mario in a sort of rebooted way, or even like as a film. And one of the more interesting ones was this idea of the sort of Superman analog, or John Carter on Mars, where all humans are essentially super powerful and super strong and super fast. Right. Right, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Sam? Yes. Yes, so um, originally, in terms of, like, talking about a property where I would want to gender gender flip the the main character, so at first I thought of Futurama, because Futurama is pretty much the nerdiest show ever, Um, Mm -hmm. or at least it's up there. It's got to be up there. And, And the whole show is... From the, mainly from the perspective of you know the main character Fry, um, and and a lot of the plots are sort of like I would say typically male oriented plots, and it's sort of you know it that, that that leaves a lot of room for exploring a lot of the the ideas that the show explores from female perspective. Now there are important female characters, of course, uh, particularly Leela, and there are some episodes that are kind of mainly about Leela, which is which is good. Um, so I decided that, that while Futurama would be fun to, to do a kind of like, you know, Futurama Simpsons kind of show that was like really focused on a woman, a better answer would be um, one of the early Guy Ritchie movies, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm. or Snatch. That's right? true. Because That's those true. movies, they're really fun. They're really awesome, you know, funny, violent action movies, um, kind of influenced by Quentin Tarantino, I would say. But they're, both those movies are like real sausage fests. Um, they basically only have male characters. And so yeah. it would be really cool if one of the main characters, you know, Jason Statham is the main character basically yeah. in, in both of yeah. those movies, although he, he doesn't play the same guy. But, um, but he's basically the main character. And, and it would be so cool to see a movie like that with a female 
as the main character and where she could be like this like cool you know wisecracking tough chick who has to yeah. deal with these like crazy situations that Jason Statham gets into in these movies. Um, I, think I think that, that would be really could awesome. It. I, I think Guy Ritchie, Ritchie, at his best, actually could make something interesting with it. I, I think he could. I think he's the problem is that he's like so focused on these like male oriented movies that it just hasn't occurred to him. Well, to, well you know, to rock, have a female I, character like that. Have you seen Rock and Rolla? I have. I didn't. I didn't wait. No. Yeah, Jeremy, you, uh, I saw. I saw it with you. It's yeah. one of Guy Ritchie's more recent ones, and there is a female character, and she's also kind of a bit mannish, as as Austin Powers would say. She's not. She's not the most. She's still. She. She's. But she's like that sort of like cold-hearted, like supposed to be one of these like, cold-hearted, like kind of like London women who say he's really posh, and she. She's like too cool for school, and she's just kind of aggressive. I don't know. And she's and she's not very like voluptuous or whatever. So I don't know if that no, actually means. She's played anything. by Tandy Newton. Right. But it's fine. Pretty, uh, live. Right. Well, okay. I was just going to say, it's funny that Sam brought up the Futurama thing because there actually was an entire episode about gender and gender swapping, which was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I might not have seen that one. <laughs> it's called Newtopia and Utopia, and it's pretty, pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to spoil any of it, but there's, uh, there's a lot of very funny parts. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Let's move on to today's topic. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that from now on. All right. I think. Thank that's you. Fair. Sound effects provided by Benji. So, what is today's topic? So, uh, if I can just go ahead and explain this a little bit. Um, in our last podcast, when we talked about our logo and all of the different nerd icons that went into the logo. Um, we spoke about the fact that Jeremy and Benji put this together, and I wasn't there. And that, um, you know, that was a conscious decision. <laughs> yes, obviously, I was cut out just of the loop. Just to keep you out of it. That's right. So, um, so at the end, you know, we discussed um, some of some of my comments, you know, as a person who wasn't involved in the process, and I pointed out that every single character in our logo is male, and it's kind of a shame that there were no females that that managed to get into the. Uh, you know, into that iconic logo status. So we spoke a little bit about, you know, what female nerdy icons there are and, you know, who we could substitute if we were to, to try to have a, a more, um, you know, more of a female presence. And, um, and the idea kind of came out that maybe we should do a podcast talking about, um, you know, women nerds and the depiction of women in, in nerdy properties and things like that. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to speak about, um, specifically, we're going to talk about, you know, gender, nerds and gender, um, women, women nerds, women in nerd properties, things like that. And, um, and just, to, just to kind of highlight some of that stuff that um, has been overlooked or to draw more attention to things that, uh, that, we, think, that we think are interesting, um, being, I, I won't go so far as to call us feminists, but I will call us people who are interested in feminism. Um, because I think that's neutral enough that nobody can really say that it's not true. Well, I'd, I'd say it's more like I can see from my side of the fence. I don't, I don't necessarily label myself as a feminist. I'm not, I'm not also like, I'm not also specifically, you know, anti-feminist or anything like that. I, I, I do think it's important to have discussions though about gender stereotypes and some of these gender issues. 
um, you know, same way I feel about r- uh, racial discussion. I-, I feel it's important to bring those in because I do feel like race and gender do often get very, very highly stereotyped in, you know, in multiple forms, uh, multiple artistic mediums. Um, so I, I think it's really important to have these conversations. Right. And, but that and being things said, out. there's much more a history of stereotypical displays that are more negative towards female. You know, oh, um, I, 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 I'm agreeing. I was just trying to generalize it a little more. But yeah, continue, Sam. <laughs> all right. So um, what, what I'd like to talk about is a little bit. First of all, just because last time we were talking about the logo and some of our, you know, some of our nerd icons that we have, I thought it would be nice if we could mention some of our, our female nerd icons that, that are, you know, important to us personally, um, you know, and we could kind of highlight the, the importance of, of women in, in nerd culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, shall I go first? Why don't you sound? Are, are right. we also gonna are we also gonna talk about the things we don't like or yeah yeah we'll get later? into that we'll get into that later but first okay. first let's talk about um, you know some of our some of our female nerd icons that we want to draw attention to so um, for me I think um, some of the some of the biggest female nerd icons for me would be um, Terra from Final Fantasy VI definitely wow. um, that's you know uh, definitely mine Jeremy's favorite Final Fantasy game I don't know about Benji. Um, no, it's, it's my favorite, definitely. Okay, it's also ben, Benji's favorite, and the main character is female, and that's it was very unusual for for an RPG back in the '90s. It's it's still a little unusual now, although I, you, there's a few more games now that have female uh, main characters RPGs. But yeah. um, although Final Fantasy has actually gone back to that, I know you guys hated Thirteen, and one of you didn't play it, and one of you didn't play that much of it. But yeah, I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm being kind of facetious, but uh, Lightning is actually a, even people who didn't really like the game tended to really like the uh, the main character of Lightning, who's kind of like she's sort of like a newer version of Terra in some ways, in that she's kind of like a really competent kick-ass warrior. Right. Yeah. And she was cool. I think you know Final Fantasy has gone back and forth. They love their fan service, and I think we'll get into. The, I want to get into fan service. We later, oh, but. we'll we'll talk about fan service for sure. That's that's an important topic. On, on Can you define podcast. fan service quickly? I I'll get into that one later. Okay. We'll we'll talk about it, but let's just talk about our icons now. But but I mean, we can't. It makes no sense to talk about Final Fantasy thirteen as like an icon because you know that's that's a recent game. We're talking about things that influenced us when we were growing up. So so definitely Terra. That's a big one. Um, just some others off the top of my head. Um, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor is a big one. Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, she is um, badass. That is definitely true. Seriously badass. And I love the Terminator movies, at least the first two of them. Yeah. Um, and the TV show. But we can get into that later. Um, but but Terminator. And, and she's not exactly the main character, but she kind of is. Of the, certainly certainly she's the main character of the... I'm talking about um, Linda Hamilton. Oh, okay. You know, Sarah Connor. She's certainly the main character of the first Terminator movie. Yeah. The second one, she is... I mean, it's, it's kind of like all three of them. Um, Sarah Connor and John Connor and, uh, and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, the, the T, whatever he is. Um, I forget his, his designation, like T-888 or something like that. What's his number? 
Jeremy. T-800 or T-1000? No, not the T-1000. T-800. T-800, right. So basically all three of them are kind of the main Sorry, characters. Sorry, it's a little that nerdy. Movie. Yeah. Um, but, but she absolutely is. She's like a, a, you know, just a tough, badass chick um, who just, you know, she does what, what she needs to do and, and just kicks ass and it's awesome. Um, so she's one of my major, I would say, you know, female nerdy icons. A more recent one that I like, um, that I would, I would highlight. Um, I mean, we, you know, we can talk about like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like that. And, and of course I, I love that show. Actually, I, uh, Jeremy, you don't even like that show that much, right? Buffy? You're not like a huge Buffy guy? Not really. Okay. So I, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I would, I would definitely put her up there as another, another nerdy icon, um, you know, the female character. Um, and, um, while we're on the topic of, of Joss Whedon and stuff, I would put Felicia Day on there also, although obviously she's much more recent, her rise to prominence. Um, you know, she didn't really, she didn't really get much attention until she was in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, I think. Right? Yeah, although her little online web show. But she was, right, she was also, you know, the star and, and basically the, you know, the person behind the guild, which was like a, a little web thing that, I don't know how many people saw, but it's really funny. Um... And, you know, and it's part of, like, the fact that she is, like, a nerd. She loves MMORPGs. She she loves graphic novels. She's, like, you know, she's really into nerd culture and being a nerd. And she wants to be the biggest nerd that she can, which is awesome. Um, so those, those would be my main female nerdy icons. Um, I guess uh, I got I to gotta toss... A little, a little credit towards um, Captain Janeway of Voyager, also. Um, I agree. I know I, I agree. A lot of people don't like her, but she was her. she was the first female Star Trek captain, and she was like basically the main character of that show, and she was pretty good. So uh, she was believable. She was she definitely was, believable. She as was definitely a, believable as a captain. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I got to give that to her. Um, so those are my answers for, for female nerd icons. And then uh, uh, that's it for me for now. I'll, maybe I'll think of some more later. But why, why don't you guys go ahead? Well, what about you, Fenge? Um, hi, I'm Fenji. And <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the first ones that comes to mind, um, which may be surprising, is, um, is what's it called? Is uh, Inara. And and I think a lot of people would think about that. And here's an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up, and I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now. I don't think it's necessarily, and no one's necessarily saying this, I don't think it's necessarily sexist to include who you, also who you think is like the most uh, one of the most attractive. Because here's here's why I'll say this. I actually myself, I'm not one of these people who puts up a ton of pictures of like hot female actresses because they're they're a dime a dozen, obviously. You can find plenty. You can probably find some lesser-known actresses who are just as hot or even hotter than some of the most famous ones. You know, so I'm not really big into that. I don't really idolize or think a lot about um, uh, certain um, certain uh, female actresses. You know, in terms of how hot they are. Obviously, if I see them and, and they're hot, I'll be oh, I'll be like, oh, they're really hot. But one of the one of the cool things about Anara, and I just saw an episode uh, uh, today, is you know she's she's um. Um, she's, you know, first of all, she keeps in that sort of Joss Whedon vein of, of, of keeping, um, 
of keeping a um um you know like having like a kind of like a, a strong female character but but what i what i really admire about her character and what i really like is i i i always respect it if someone is able to use like especially from a woman character if they're able to use certain like like you could say stereotypically female um female uh characteristics and and traits but use them to their advantage but not in in not necessarily even a stereotypical way like anara uses it but she's not the most manipulative in a, in a in a conniving way she's actually really smart about it she tries to be she she tries to be you know intelligent she tries to bring a lot to what's around her she she's she definitely is a big risk taker you know she definitely has some balls and she also like um and uh the other thing too is that she's like a vulnerable character as well so so i i always i, I always admire her and that's what i think sort of makes her very appealing and definitely you know i would say she's the hottest character on on firefly she's you know? she's certainly the most conventionally feminine character on that yeah. show but you know just because she's conventionally feminine doesn't mean she's a pushover right, right? exactly she, that, she holds yeah. her ground and you know and she does what needs to be done which is cool yeah, yeah, and that's and and that that's what I that's what I think is pretty cool. I I um I I I guess you know naming naming some some other ones um I I I guess I have to give some props to to Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I I think I think definitely she she good held I, I think I think she okay, she held sure, her own sure. in that like really well. That was really good. Um uh Celeste from Final Fantasy 6. Great. You know, I'm 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 definitely down with down with Celeste. Um, yeah, for right now, that's that. that those are those are the main people I could think of. I, I just like how Celeste was also she's a general. You know, that's that's pretty cool that she was a general, and and it didn't seem like she was just some. Yeah, I mean, she. she I, I thought it was pretty cool. So. Well, what's cool is that she's a general, and her gender really is kind of irrelevant to that. Right. Basically, that, that, she's a, I, you know, she's a military officer and she does her job as a military officer and nobody even makes note of the fact that she's female. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's true. I mean, yeah. the first thing you see her is where she's being tortured for some reason. Well, that's also true. <laughs> right. There, no, but even, there is even a torture that, scene. Well, they, they bring in, they bring in uh, Celeste's femininity in relationship to to like to lock to you know in, in relationship to to our relationships but that kind of makes sense i don't or think that's like i don't think that's cheapening it up as a uh, maria yeah like, and I, I look like an idiot and and you have the lock like you look looking away going yeah yeah because she probably she probably she probably like i, I feel like she's like kind of tomboyish uh to a certain degree but she looks really good she's supposed to be a beautiful woman so I'm sure, and she also, since she's in the military, she probably knows how to make things look neat and together. So she probably, even if she was a little awkward, in really good shape. Yeah, she probably looked pretty incredible. In a oh, now I'm thinking about it. oh yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of um oh, the 16 bits. <laughs> it reminds me of um. Uh, did you guys watch Babylon Five? No, we discussed this. You're the only one. I'm no one wants to watch your shitty show, Sam. Oh, Babylon Five. So <laughs> there's this. This this character called um, uh, uh, what's her name Ivanova Ivanovich something like that, um, and she's like this this military officer, 
Um, she's sort of like what Benji is describing, the same kind of thing, where she's like, you know, she's a very attractive woman, but she's obviously much more comfortable wearing a uniform than wearing a dress because, like, that's just who she is. That's what she associates with. Um, and so, you know, and they had some fun with that on the show. Anyway, you guys didn't watch that show, which is a shame. So, yeah, uh, really so we won't shame. talk about it. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, oh, oh, one more person, uh, maybe obvious, is also uh, a Peggy from Mad Men. That's just a really great character, and she does a great job with it, um, just in general. And, and it kind of realistically portrays someone, I think. Anyway. All right, well... Oh, and Claire Danes in Homeland. <laughs> that too. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I don't know if that, that's such a good choice. All right, fine. Because, you know, she's kind of out of control. Yeah. Well, she doesn't necessarily fit the stereotype completely. Like she sort of does, but she, but she's believably bright. Let's let's move on. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, 